I think it's a it's a probably the most as a skill probably the most underused for athletes for sure and underrated 100% because Hello and welcome to the Offfield Rugby Pod. I'm your host Brian Moylet. I'm a former Irish age grade international player now playing in Vancouver and coaching collegiate rugby. Each week, I chat with somebody involved at the top end of the game to hear about their journey, get their insights, and learn about how they do what they do. On Instagram, I'm the Offfield Rugby Coach. That's at Offfield Rugby. Please follow me there. I share content around mental skills and performance, and also clips from the pod. Please subscribe to the pod wherever you're listening if you haven't already. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and a review. And in the review, let me know what you like about the podcast. Would love to hear your thoughts. Lastly, please share the pod with some friends. Those different things help people find the pod and are really, really appreciated. Today I'm chatting with Ricky James Cribb, who is a performance coach that works with top rugby players and athletes across the world. In the pod, Ricky talks about the flow state, mindfulness, mental skills and well-being. We get into all these things and I think you'll pick some things up in this chat that will help you become more present and more aware throughout your day, which will in turn help you understand different things and help you perform better, be it as a player, a coach or just a person going about your day. We chat about how you can avoid those interactions with people that leave you feeling angry, annoyed and frustrated. And we go into the ego, insecurity, the flow state, as I mentioned, getting out of your head and into your body. And Ricky talks about what has helped Bowden Barrett and Anton Leonard Brown improve their performances in recent times. Before we start, I just want to give a shout out to the University of New Brunswick rugby team. I did a mental performance session with them last weekend really enjoyed it and cheers to Nick Wood listener of the pod who's the coach of the side who got in touch with me on Instagram. Some of the things we worked on in the Zoom session were how they can quickly become a more confident player, how to effectively deal with nerves and we went through tools and practices that they can use throughout the week to perform better on the field both individually and as a team at the weekend. After Nick said, this is a terrific session, really engaging and covered a lot of bases really well. I really liked the way you tailored it to meet the players' needs and the group got tons from it. If you're a player or coach and think that your team would benefit from learning these things and working on these kind of skills, send me a DM on Instagram at offfieldrugby or else my email is offfieldrugby at gmail.com. Would love to chat. A quick mention from our sponsor, and then it's episode number 30 with Ricky James Cribb. A lot of people stress about money. Where should you be investing? Are you prepared if there's a crash? And loads more. And if you're not an expert, finances can be really daunting. I know the people at Sparks Wealth, and they're brilliant. What they do is they educate you on your finances without any jargon. They create a personalized plan for you, and manage your money so that it's working for you and so that you don't need to be worrying about it. You can book a free, no obligation Zoom call now on their website, sparkswealth.com.
Jedi. So it's early morning-ish, well, not too early, but at 9 a.m. in New Zealand, and I've heard you speak about morning routines before, so how has your day been so far, Ricky? The morning? Yeah, the morning today. Yeah, pretty good, to be honest. Um, I have to be quite flexible myself these days with three kids, five and under, so, <laughs> you know, it's pretty reliant on how they wake up and how they sleep, but... um. I always try to get outside, uh, go outside and, and just because we, we live by the beach. So it's always pretty calming. And so I was out there with my eight month old this morning and just having a bit of breakfast for half an hour, an hour. And um, yeah, for me, I, I speak, I speak with it, I speak about it a little bit with, um, with people I coach that in terms of routines, having that flexibility can be important as well um, and not getting too attached to the routine and thinking, you know, too uh, caught up and I need to have it this way all the time. So, um, yeah, I think there's a fine balance, right, around having a set routine. And ideally, you know, ideally if without, without little kids, I'd spend an hour or two um, or um, I used to get up earlier before them and spend at least an hour or two just um, uh, like going for a walk and doing a bit of stretching, yoga, again, going outside. And it's just very simple, very simple, just being present. And and um, I, I found that's, yeah, and, and a lot of people I coach, you know, whatever way it works for you, in, in some way having that that start to the day can be pretty, pretty important for sure. Yeah. And would say so I know you've the kids now so kind of things get thrown but would you think it's quite important to get up early have some time to yourself oh 100% yeah I 100% I don't I don't usually um so working with the players I work with I don't usually you know prescribe a certain structure you know I just allow it to sort of everyone's different and allow it to you know in in terms of the process allow whatever's going to work well for for that individual to come out and, and work through that with them and, and construct that together. So, But in saying that, a lot of the time, you know, we, we kind of find that a morning routine would be pretty beneficial or something that allows them to, you know, be present and start the day like that. And um, certainly now where I think um, in the world we live in, there's just with, with social media and technology, it's, it's pretty fast paced and we can get the get our, our mind and start reacting and uh activate how how we would react emotionally pretty easily so not doing that for a while can i think i mean throughout the day but certainly in the morning is a great for most people a great uh, way to start that practice if you like of um whether it's meditation or you know like going for a walk or just something that it brings you into the moment a lot more and not being so busy in the mind or, you know, starting the day off like that. And, um, and, and it isn't, you know, it's, it's, it's um, something that, yeah, I genuinely recommend, but you know, it's, it's not that easy a thing to, to start either. You know, it's not when you've been doing something a certain way, there's a lot of momentum to it. So, you know, I, I think, um, you know, like anything sort of building into it and, starting off pretty easy it might only be a short five ten minutes something that um 
that, that naturally works for you know whoever you are as a person and then and then building on that is, is usually what i what i recommend to people i coach yeah yeah i think it's really important like you say for people to find what works for them like you can't just prescribe get up at six do this till six twenty. then do this then do this then do this then do that like it will you know different people will find what works for them best but something else that you just kind of touched on there which i think everyone could and should do is not open their phone or open their laptop for the first kind of hour hour and a half of their day yeah 100 percent. i think that's in, in general i think that's uh you know something that I'd, you'd almost try and uh, for most people re- recommend really um and again, it's not that easy. I think it's it sounds easier than it is, and and I know with myself, you know, especially working on online a lot and being on my phone a lot for that reason. And then of course, you know, me uh, getting just you know scrolling, and you can get a lot of momentum behind that, and a lot of like real strong habits and energy that you know, and a lot of kids now growing up like that that don't really know much different when I was working as a teacher, you could see it pretty clearly. It's, it's quite an addictive thing. And, um, you know, and a lot of science has shown that now that there's the same sort of chemicals of addiction that are coming through with, um, with technology. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not an easy thing, but I try to for sure try to, um, I, I try and minimize it as much as I can, but, um, certainly more so, yeah, up until 10 and, I don't always do it myself, but it's something that I do try to do for sure. Yeah. And I think it's hugely important, hugely like on a number of levels without going too in depth with it, but on a number of levels, um, it's really the, we've got to have something that takes us out of that. It's just constant, you know, feedback and constant engagement with our, with our mind and, and constant reactions. And because it ultimately, it, there's an underlying stress and anxiety to that. And I think we're seeing it, mate, to be honest, um, coming through in, in, a, in sort of general in society, the, uh, you know, growing um, anxiety rates and, and things like that. And you look at certainly teenagers. And so it, I think it's huge for performance, but also well-being. It's a big way to start it. Yeah, 100%. And another thing that's kind of tied in with that is like, if you're reading the news, the news is always bad. Like it's always the the next bad thing. You know, it's, if it's not COVID, it's a, a car crash or a bank robbery or someone's got mugged or someone's got killed or just, it's always something bad. So even if you're not reading the news on your phone, even if you're just looking at WhatsApp messages or Twitter or whatever, it just gets your mind going. It gets your your mind thinking about those things and it gets your mind going versus like say, if you don't open it and you're doing your meditation, going for a walk, whatever, your mind is just not racing. Yeah, hundred percent. So, and, and that in itself, like like what you're saying there, I think encapsulates a lot of things. Like, it's actually it's also an opportunity or to in, inquiring into. Like I think in in the world we live in, there's not much value given to sort of inquiring into, you know, the whole self awareness or your emotional intelligence and how you are, how you think and feel. And, and ultimately, um, you know, you, you touched on it there to, to notice the, um, the first thing you can, you can really do is notice that habit or notice the, um, 
kind of the pull towards, you know, uh, whether it's technology or and why you're, you know, uh, how we naturally, not naturally, but we tend to compare and, you know, there's this natural, when, when we break it down, there's this sort of egoic patterns that are pretty, pretty deep down that, you know, that are, that are the kind of similar for, for anyone really that, and it, unless you really start to understand that because it's, because it starts quite deep, there's a, like there's a deeper kind of fear and insecurity to all of that. Then you, you, you're pretty much going to be, um, you know, you're going to be affected by it or you're going to kind of be held at, it's going to control you. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's, it starts that whole shift towards, you know, being being more aware and present in that whole flow state that comes out of that. There's this kind of, if you get what I'm saying, there's a shift there that that, um, that takes place. Yeah, 100%. And one thing you said there is the comparison. And something I heard or learned of, of a couple of years ago, comparison is the thief of joy. And it's so, so true. Like we, we only ever compare ourselves to someone who we perceive is doing better in a certain area. Yeah, and, and again, I think like I always try and um, when I, when I'm working with um, with whoever it is, try and break that right down in terms of where, where's the root of all that. And then when, when you look at it, if you look at your the image you have of yourself, whoever it is, right, that doesn't matter who, whether you're a successful, um, you know, professional athlete or just someone doing an ordinary job the root of that is that egoic identity which is built on an image that's very fragile and transient and built upon uh you know patterns and how you grew up and all like it's very complex i think around how you your understanding of who you are because start at such a young age and and then it and then it um certainly in, i think in the world we live in there's a whole lot of um that that we're forced to compare, you know, in school and then growing up to our to others, to friends, and so there's always there's always this um, because that state, that egoic sort of identity, doesn't exist without the comparison to the other. You know what I mean? So there's always the, this sort of this comparison going on, even if it's not conscious. And so you take that now and you think of something like Instagram, and you know, and like you've got to be pretty aware to see that. A lot of, almost a lot of it is, there's this comparison around, um, you know, oh, I could have that, I could be better at that, and you know, and I'm and I'm the same. I'm not saying I'm any different to that, but when you're aware of it, you don't give so much energy. You're not so caught up in it. I think I think the uh, common behavior now is to be probably fully attached to that. You know what I mean? To that image, and if you're comparing it all the time, mostly unfavorable. Because Instagram is a bit of a highlights reel, and obviously there's other areas. Then, ultimately, there's there's not a good emotional state in general that's coming out of that, you know. And um, and, and I think a big thing is tying into that. We uh, we don't. I, I I don't think we like I said before. We don't. We're not really taught to look at to be aware of how we think and feel and and who we are. And it's not really something that's that's commonly. Um, taught and I think a big part of that is there's this escapism right like a lot of the times it, it's not it might not be, might not be that pleasant or we want to avoid things that 
that can be uh, maybe seen as not ideal or negative. So it creates the whole the whole issue of um, almost that escapism, and and then whether that's whether that's identity or material or whatever it is, and 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 and, and ultimately there's an underlying kind of um, yeah a, a lot of underlying energy that, that that's pretty much never never sort of never uh, noticed or dealt with or do you know what I mean never mm. we, we become kind of a product of that I think <clears throat> yeah I think it's um it's true insecurity as well isn't it like you talk about the identity there and someone the ego ties up um you as an identity of being something and it's an insecurity of not being that so say you've spoken about a an athlete so it could be like my identity is i'm a rugby player and i'm a great rugby player and that's who i am and if that's taken away from you you're nothing and it's the ego that wants to keep pushing that forward or if it's someone working a job it's like i'm a lawyer i'm an accountant i'm a this i'm a that but it's the the person's insecure that's the ego and it's insecurity pushing that forward yeah 100 percent, mate yeah 100 percent. so yeah, I think we got to understand that it's, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, me or you or individuals. It's kind of a, as a society, that's, that's pretty much what it looks like. I, I would, I would say there's all, you know, there's a, we, we pretty much have a society where the egoic energy is, is quite predominant and, and, old, and, and then, so what you're saying is on a macro level, underneath that is, is a level of insecurity and fear. Now, now, what I would say is it doesn't, there's a way to go beyond, you know, to go beyond that and, and understand and then understand that at a deeper level, being being present and, and just being, um, you know, like like we talked about the morning routine, just being being aware and, and whatever it is, if you're not thinking, then all of a sudden there's a, there's a, there's kind of a um, freedom from that. So, um, and, and like, this is nothing new, but it's not the the level that it comes through in the the world we live in is still pretty pretty small I, I would probably say or or it's not really fully understood and so it gets tied up in that whole momentum of you know how it's been like um, like meditation for example you know when it's almost like a bit of a trendy fad and like for me a lot of it is like um let's add this and oh, it's a, it's almost become a form of escapism like oh you're a bit stressed and meditate and then you know what i mean it's added to the whole i mean not always but from what i've seen a big part of it is it's kind of like that yeah i think it's a, a really good thing though like more than routine like people have to try and find what works for them or whatever but like meditating allows you to slow down or helps you develop the skill of slowing down so you mentioned as well escapism like i think the phone is escapism like drinking is escapism like doing drugs or whatever different things it's you're escaping from whatever it is and like the phone is escaping from boredom like we can't nowadays we cannot sit with one second of boredom like i'm i'm like you like i'm i'm not perfect but like i'll find you reaching for your pocket you put your phone away 10 seconds later you're going back for your phone there's nothing new there but um, I think meditation, like early in the morning, there's different types of meditation. You say going for a walk, being by the beach, whatever. But um, I think, yeah, sitting down and just being still, like, 
helps that skill of not having to constantly be on your phone or, or doing whatever. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's a um <clears throat> I think it's a it's a probably the most as a skill, probably the most underused for athletes for sure and underrated hundred percent because you know, once you're like, even if you're sitting down and like, I've had this with, with a few um, athletes and people I've worked with is, you know, like you gotta, if you, if you break it down and what I mean with meditation is because, because there's kind of an image there now of sitting still and being calm. The challenge is that a lot of people think that's what it is. And there's almost, there's people that are quite that I've worked with in, in teams that have friction against it. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't quite understand it because it's not, it's, and, and, and I think the mainstream image has kind of gone away from, do you know what I mean? It's, it's created yeah, what it really is. This, yeah. There shouldn't be an image of it really. Um, yeah. And so I think the challenge for a lot of people is if you, if you're in the morning, say a morning routine, you're just sitting and being aware of your thoughts and breathing that, that that might be a bit chaotic. You don't know, you know, you might, your mind, your mind might, um, and a few people I've worked with, their minds are right. The first thing they'll notice is their mind racing a lot. And the tendency is to be like, Oh man, I really don't like that. It's, I'm not going to do it again. Whereas if there's a bit of a, if, if there's an awareness around, well, actually, you know, you, just, you, you, you're, um, just being aware of, aware of your mind and how it is. And, your whatever it is uh, uh, sounds and your breathing and that's the whole point right just to be present and and, and with whatever whatever's there let it to let it kind of come and go and and um and that's and then and then they'll they'll realize that as soon as they're not as soon as they're not um as soon as they don't want their mind to be like that there's almost a natural you know what i mean there's you can't force it not to be like there's a natural shift towards um to be in prison and, and then it can slow down sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned earlier about um, going a level deeper and isn't it so important there? Like when you say, when your, your mind's racing or you're, you're feeling certain feelings that you don't, that aren't comfortable and that you don't want to feel that what, what we do tend to do is eat fast food, drink, uh, do these different things that gets rid, that gives us pleasure, that gets rid of those feelings, but it's, um, it is so important to sit with them and try to understand what they are. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. And um, yeah, and that's exactly it. And and I think um, you know, there's there's a sort of there's got to be a, a kind of a realization too that it, it does go a lot in terms of you know underlying emotion or things that are usually more subconscious, unconscious, deeper fear. It's still all it's still all phenomenal, do you know what I mean? So although you're not you might not be uh it might not be in your conscious conscious mind, because it's phenomenal, meditations are formless, you know, it's a it's a stillness that's formless. So there's there's the potential there to to be aware of quite deeper, deeper energy, you know, that and when you are, there's a there's a possibility to free that and and, and become you know, and allow yourself to not, to move, kind of shift away from that and, and, and kind of, because um, it's just energy, right? That's that's trapped a lot of it. Or So, again, that's something that that I think, um, 
it's 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 if we if you go back to what we're saying at the start with um the societal egoic and underlying sort of insecurity fear well if you if you can be so in meditation if you can just be which is which is ultimately formless you're just still and there's quite a different um quite a different state it's not really a state but there's a different um, energy there um then you can start to it does take you deeper naturally which ultimately frees that um creates that freedom that on the surface of that makes sense i know i know the people use the ocean a lot right as a metaphor yeah for people that 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 don't use this sort of language it, it can be pretty you know, it's it's quite hard to understand, so I'm pretty aware of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, yeah, no, it is. I, I get it too. And before I did any of these things as well, you kind of think, ah, you just dismiss it and kind of think, ah. But um, ah, it's yeah, it's hard to it's hard to explain the benefits, nearly, isn't it? Or it's hard to like. I couldn't even I couldn't imagine life without having a morning routine now. Like, like I get up, I have a cold shower, I stretch for 20 minutes, I meditate for 20 minutes, and then I usually go to the gym uh, or else if I go for a walk and then crack on a bit of work or whatever. But um, it's you you just you have control straight away. It's um, yeah, it's you just have such more. Um, is peace of mind the right term or, or yeah. how would you yeah, think so. someone who, who, who doesn't do it? What's that? Sorry. How would you explain to someone who doesn't do it? Like it's like you just have that more like just peace of mind. Like your your mind isn't racing all the time, and you've got control over how your day goes. Yeah, I find the best way is um, like experiential, right? Like um, again, a lot of the people I coach will go for a meditation together, maybe ten twenty minutes, because, like you said, if if you're not if you're not sort of familiar with that, it's you just caught up in the intellectual sort of conceptual side of it, which when you're ultimately trying to explain um, beyond conceptual, you know, beyond just, just the mind, the conceptual side and thinking. So, but yeah, someone who's not used to that, you know, and there's a bit of a paradox there. So yeah, I do find mm -hmm. that, that yeah, the best way with certainly um, people like coaches is, um, is going for a meditation and just experiencing and they, and they generally do do fine and, and, and do it pretty well and it just experiencing you know that presence or, or the inner body and, and and the breath and being aware of your thoughts and um just something very simple and, and introductory so um yeah i but i in general i think it's it's pretty simple if someone i think another important thing someone needs to really have the kind of energy and passion desire for it or passion because mm. without that you know you you can't really you you, you know what i mean you just there's yeah. not really much point to be honest that's a great point someone needs to someone needs to want to have change like yeah for sure because you can't say to someone oh meditate it'll help you or oh do this it'll help you they're like man i'm grand yeah someone needs to want it yeah, there's an interesting an interesting thing. I worked at a school um, a few a couple of years ago, and so one of the people because in education now it's becoming quite a trendy thing, mindfulness and meditation because the research benefits are coming out, and um, you know people like Google, like all these big companies are starting to 
uh, see the benefits, I, I guess. And so uh, one of the leaders there brought it in, brought an app in around around mindfulness. And but the energy field of, of like the staff, which is like 50, 50 sort of people, was kind of the same. Like you know, kind of like just um, you know, what is this kind of doubt and we're wasting our time and. And it was a waste of time, you know, and yeah. and yeah, and and the lady herself was um, you know, very sort of um, quite highly anxious and stressed, and it was it was the only the only reason it was there was, you know, oh look at the research, the school's doing that, let's do it, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's sort of yeah. ticking the, ticking well, the box and. Yeah, well, that's a problem. I can only imagine that that person was probably like, well, what do you mean they're not going to be doing maths for 20 minutes? They need to be doing their geography yeah. and their history work. They can't be putting their head down and resting. And 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 I think for like a few weeks, it was um, five minutes before each class, we're going to do this app. And that was it. Like, like do you know what I mean? The um, It's, it's yeah, it's, it's pretty much... I don't know. I don't know. It's just sort of, it's not, not, I think, I think a big thing is, and, and even in sports and, and, and rugby is because the understanding and the benefit, understanding of the benefits. And for me, it's really the doorway to flow, to be honest, is, is, is that, is, is that some just being like the meditation is probably this, the skill, the, um, the most direct skill to that, you know, because once you can be there, then, you know, you, you go into a game or whatever. And when you're, can be aware of your thoughts and emotions and and then anxiety there's a shift in anxiety and i i think this already happens with the best athletes out there um when you when you see what they say they're they're already there and you know, they're quite a because another thing is when you when when you the, the best athletes um for me live with a level 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 of awareness and you would have found yourself that having a morning practice, this calmness kind of stays with you. And which, which I would say is a level of awareness that, you know, and Kobe Bryant said exactly the same thing that when he has a morning routine, the calmness stays with him. And I mean, it's pretty obvious for me when you look at the, the real top level athletes, they have that level of meditativeness. If that's even a word about them or which you could say a level of, space between the mental emotional field or level of presence and for me is um it's possible for anyone so that's why when i look at it i know that it's only something that's going to grow in sport and it's only really been only the surface has really been touched i i I believe to be honest of the potential to and i've seen that a lot in the players i coach to be honest who who were able to make that shift yeah 100 percent. and um it's interesting that the awareness it, it the calmness goes throughout your day and like you say awareness one of the big things is like conflict or people arguing you have the awareness of like there's no need like what's the point of me getting involved with this or you can an awareness of someone else's energy like you can see somebody who someone throughout your day that is just angry frustrated and you can see their energy it's just like you have an awareness of that and you can uh, you know if they engage with you you can just like not interact kind of or else you can avoid it whereas if you i find the past i would have been arguing with those people yeah i'm much the same mate to be honest um 
he kind of, you know, you, it's kind of, I don't know if funny is the right word, but it's quite interesting to. It is funny. You know, it is. See, yeah. yeah, it's quite funny. And, you know, and like yourself, um, it's quite a, it's quite obvious when you're like going back to meditation, right? There's just a stillness. Then you're a lot more aware, not only your own sort of inner, sort of inner energy field, whatever's happening there, but outside you. And like you said, someone who walks around quite dense and moody anger is very, very obvious because they're quite a strong uh, frequency or whatever the frequency of their, their energy, very dense. So, um, but I, I think that there's a great learning in that too because you know it, it shows. Like going back to what we talked about, when you're kind of, if you're not aware, if you're just stuck in that egoic image and that's it, which is probably the norm, um, they're not even aware. You know, there's an underlying sort of whatever emotions and, and patterns, all this thing, all these things that are going on, kind of control them in a way, and you see that very yeah. clearly. And, and and it's also a good reflection, I think, for anyone to look at yourself and be like. Um, because you can see when you start to get like that, or you know, when when you're pulled into that way, and the more, and then you know, there's, and it's always a learning curve. And um, and I think a big thing that I like to get across to people is, you know, that's not necessarily a linear curve of you know I'm going to get better because because I think again that's a misconception. I'm gonna I'm gonna get better and more aware, and it's still, but it's 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 more of a cycle. For me, it's more of a cycle of like. You, you kind of you tend to be pulled back and then two uh what is it two steps back and one step forward or whatever that saying mm. is and you know you learn and then you can get caught up in whatever it is it's a bit of a journey and and it, it can be uncomfortable and challenging and you know i think people got to realize as well that through that stillness is you know mo mo most people have the sort of emotional pain that wasn't dealt with in the, somewhere in their life or so there's you kind of got to go through that a bit as well, um, you know. So I think that's important to be, you know, because because there's a yeah, that whole. I think the whole spiritual thing gets gets a bit of a false, you know what I mean? Like false mm. image. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned there about um, the people being tense or the ego and then it's because of that you kind of the ego you see yourself as a certain level and you think that people should respect you and people should th this person should treat me this way and this person should do this and this and and that's like you say people go around like that and then they get angry when they feel <laughs> that someone is not uh, treating them the way they should be treated oh, and it's like you said the uh because it because it's pretty much an underlying fear and insecurity there's so you can see where these strong emotions and thought patterns come from because it's almost like this defense you know this defense mechanism or big wall of barrier that people put up and so and ultimately yeah it can get pretty you know even for me seeing people who in in quite a neurotic way will do anything for some power or you know, to have control yeah. over others. And and it's pretty, you can see where that leads, you know, you can see why some terrible things have happened, I think, to be honest, in the in the world and, and do happen because this kind of, 
I, I think there's almost no awareness in it. But but because it's so normal, it's almost seen as a good thing, right? If someone has a, mm. is a is a is a leader or has money or wealth, then it's like, oh yeah, that's that's a good thing. We need to look up to that. But when you look at when you look a little bit below that, it's 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 quite insane a lot of the time. So it's a bit it's a little bit troubling to be honest. And um, um, yeah, and and, and I, I've seen from what I've seen in sport and, and, and working mostly in rugby is a, is a similar thing, you know, this sort of the same sort of energy around fear and control. And, um, and, it, and I think it is changing, but it's just so much um, momentum to it, you know, and uh, it's a really tough for professional, I think certainly professional athletes is quite a, it's not easy because, you know, the whole time, like if that's your identity and then, you know, you can you can be dropped. You can, uh, you know, your performance is scrutinised. You've got the media, social media. You've got to get contracts. Your career is going to end. It's, it's pretty brutal. And, um, you know, it's pretty, um, yeah, I think they need a lot more support than what's there, to be honest. Although the support is, is growing, I think it needs to be a lot more. Yeah, I think it's so important. You mentioned identity there and... Um... It's important for sports people, for everyone, like we've kind of been chatting about, to not get tied up in that and for you not to see that as who you are. For like, if you're a person who plays rugby, it's like you're that. You're a person who plays a bit of rugby who also might be a brother or sister, a parent, a son, um, a friend, uh, somebody who does yoga, somebody who reads books. Like, it, like it's a part of what you do. It's not all of you. Yeah, and I, and I'm really big on that. I um, so with with coach with players and teams I work with, it's one of the big things that that will often come up is like, you know, being balanced and you know, not not putting all of your because it's quite common to be honest. I think certainly with it in general, but I think because of the the expectation and pressure with um with professional athletes. It's quite common to be like, you know, I've got to be all in, and and this is this is a public thing. Like a couple of All Blacks mm. talk about exactly the same thing, you know. Um, so I'll always say, how can you be balanced, you know, in your life outside of rugby, in your day, and um, and try not to, you know, be be so because if you're caught up in that one thing, that's I think some people might do all right, but it usually doesn't last that long, or there's always there's always sort of you know, the downfall probably at some point, you know. Yeah, it can. Um, it, it's interesting that you say that people feel they have to be all in. It is a bit of a paradox kind of. Um, it can sound as a bit of a conflict or how does that make sense? So I think what it means is that when you're doing rugby, you're all in. So if you're in the gym for an hour, you're all in for an hour. If you're on the pitch for an hour, you're all in for an hour. If you're reviewing your match, you're all in for the half hour that you're reviewing tape. But when you're on a walk with your friends, you're not all in on rugby. You're actually all in on being present with your friends. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, and so creating a plan around that, you know, like creating a morning routine and creating, you know, um, so Bowden Barrett, he's talked about a similar thing. He'll plan like when he's playing golf and just have these breaks. And, and um, Anton Leonard Brown in another All Black said about, how he was all in, hundred percent, but his performance was actually dropping. So he, I think he talked to his um, mental skills coach, and they're like exactly the thing you're saying. Like 
or actually be more balanced around life in different areas. And he's not he's not putting as much energy into his rugby, but his performance is going up, which is which is an interesting thing because mm. then we've got to look at okay, if, if you're not the time's not the same, then um, what is it? And I think there's a different quality, right? Because you're rested, you've got more quality and energy to put into your like um and and i and i could say that even with the work i do like you know if you're not in a good headspace and rested and and balanced i know for me it's it's pretty hard to be creative or to give you fuller energy and attempt there's a whole different quality to what you do right when you you probably find the same thing yeah no it's so true (laughs) you say and it's um no matter what you are doing if anyone thinks about it, if you're doing something for 16 hours a day, we'll say, think about how you are an hour 12 to 16, like you're wrecked. You can't even think straight. Whereas if you do that for two hours a day, you're going to be full of energy, full of vitality, vigor. You're going to be going so hard for two hours, but it's, you can't do things for, and I think there's been these other like people in public maybe more so business and i think they're getting away from it as well but oh this person they work like 18 hours a day seven days a week like elon musk is a good one i think they say now it's like look how much he works and everyone thinks like oh yeah okay i gotta work like 20 hours a day and, and it's like well i don't know if elon musk does do it or these people but it's like you can't you can't think about rugby and do rugby or think about your job and do your job for for that amount of hours you just you're not um you're just not doing any good after a certain amount of time. Yeah, and this I, th- I think as well is when I actually I thought about I thought about this a bit, and um, I think some people tend to. I think I think if you're if you're like like we said before, if you've got a level of awareness there, a level of energy, and your mind's not projecting too much, you're quite present. I think it's a lot more probably a lot more possible to have quite a high output. Um, that's just, when, when I look at it that way, that, that's kind of how I see it. And But again, that's probably very few people. So um, like, uh, so one is, you know, so when I think about like what our discussion is, Conor McGregor said it a lot, right? He, um, he'll be obsessed. I'll just be obsessed, think about it all the time. Mm. And, and he probably was obsessed yeah. for 10 years. And, but again, somewhere there, he had a level of, he must have a level of presence or awareness behind. Do you know what I mean? Most people, if you're obsessed, it's your mind and it takes your energy away and you're drained and you just crash, you go on cycles. But he seems to be able to be in enough space to be creative and visualize and have that energy. That's how I see it. I don't know for sure, but. Um, because you see some athletes, some of them say that, right? Like, um, I think Kobe Bryant might say something similar. Like, um, like just, he might use the word obsessed, I'm not sure. But I've seen a video where he'll say, like, train more than anyone. Train, like, or train 10 hours a day, like, 5 till 7. Take a break, 11 till 12. Take a break, 2 till 3. Take a break. And, like, all, literally morning till night. So... Mm. I think, like, yeah, it, it, it might, and maybe Elon Musk, you know, he's, he's, he seems pretty out there. I don't know, but you get what I'm saying. If you think of the it's energy, great, if, yeah. you're, if, if your if your energy is not, if there's no friction and projection, if there's a level of presence, 
there's a lot of energy that can be there, you know, a lot, you know, mm. and, and it, for some people it might last a certain amount of time. So, yeah, I don't know that I might be wrong, but, but that's a very few, very few people. And the problem is, mate, that as society, I've done it myself, to be honest, listen to, I followed Gary V a bit. He's got some great stuff, but, you know, he's like sleep from two to two to seven or something. Like, it's like you sleep five hours and then work. So I like, because I like this content, I'd, I'd try and follow it a few, a few years ago. And, um, man, it was just sort of really, really burning me out, right? Because whatever he's doing, he, you know, again, for some reason, he just has a certain, whatever it is, he has a certain um, amount of energy about, about what he's doing. Yeah, it's a great point. Passion, no, maybe passion, passion as well, yeah. Yeah, it's a great point on McGregor and, and some of those um, top athletes, like you say, that they do say how obsessed they were and how I think it's another thing having it as your number one, whatever you put your number one as, you'll you'll you your energy will move towards towards that. Like whatever is your number one in your head. Like if you're if you're like ah we'll see what happens and uh, you're kind of five or six things on the go you'll never become brilliant at any of the five or the six, but if you have that one thing in the forefront of your mind and, and there's there's other things like two three four like you mentioned Bowden Barrett I'm sure he he's a pretty good golfer and he wants to be a decent golfer but he doesn't want to be on the mm. the European tour or whatever it is, you know it's whatever you have that number one is you're you'll be able to give more and your energy will flow towards it. Yeah, that's a really good point, mate. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, there's obviously there's a level, right, of you know work ethic, and there's, if, if you want to, if you want to, um, if you want to, you don't need to, but certainly for sports, if you want to, you kind of, you know, you need you. you this it's so competitive that physically and, and all sorts of things, nutrition, you need to have quite a high level mm. to that. But um, I think it's about not getting caught up in that, right? Or the the outcome or the image or identity. Because once you once you leave all that to the side, you got a lot more energy for what you the act, what you're actually doing at that moment, you know. And there's got to be yeah. a level of trust and trust to that. And it can still be your number one, right? There's no problem with that. And you might you might even spend as much time on it, but there's a whole different flow of energy into it, you know. And I think creatively that's kind of you know, whether it's music or whatever it is, it's, it's kind of important, you know, or whatever you're trying to do, it's kind of, it's mm. pretty important. Yeah, it's, it's to be, uh, to be given all your energy to the moment, to the process. And you say they're not so outcome based. It's like when, you know, when you're lifting weights, you're lifting weights, you're going hard at it, or when you're training, you're, you're in that moment, doing it for that reason versus, constantly thinking about outcomes like what outcome could this what you know it'll it'll yeah be more present just helps the outcomes happen and that the challenge like when you said the number one i think the challenge is that if you look at society the macro there's kind of this unseen like again going back to the ego and, and insecurity is unseen like you know you need to add to yourself you need to sort of uh, succeed and materialism mm. that's what success is and that's almost it's kind of almost i i think a number one uh, kind of hidden number one for everyone that we're almost not that aware of but there's this um 
you know, in, in society in general, movement towards, you know, what's your position, what's your job, what's your, how are you successful and, and so on. And um, so I think that the challenge is with, with anyone, but if you, if you use the context of athletes, that's kind of there. And, I, and I've seen it quite a lot, you know, it's kind of, and uh, it's pretty noticeably there, you know, around the, the identity and, and, you know, and, and success and, so it's kind of heightened as well. So it's pretty, it shows how much more important I think it is to bring it back, whatever way, however you do that, bring it back to the, bring it back to the present moment. And the teams that do that well, I think are pretty much gonna, you know, everything else being equal will probably be the best teams. And, I, again, the All Blacks, for, for an easy example, have been working on this mental skills and, and pre, being present and stuff for like 10, 15 years. And I don't think other teams have done as much. They're, they're starting to more now, but um, not as much as them. And they were the most successful over the last sort of 10 years. So I don't think that's a coincidence, you know, although there's good players in that, but <laughs> it's a, no, for certainly sure. a factor. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And something you mentioned earlier as well about like um, getting out of your head. And a, what I think for if people say, listen, they might, they mightn't click, they mightn't understand so much is that every, all of these things are things that are tools to help you get out of your head and into your body. So like say going into cold water by doing that, it's like such a shock that you have to just stop and breathe and relax and you can't your mind stops raising or if it's meditating you're stopping you're breathing you're getting into your body you're feeling your body um what other practices like working out lifting weights like people go oh i feel great when i'm when i'm running hard and working out because you're you're not in your head you're you're in your body and i think that's what like the as you say the like mindfulness what is it you know these days it's thrown around a lot but it's these are all just tools that get you out of that head that, that's racing like a million miles an hour all day every day these days and just getting into your body like feeling your body and it's just so much more enjoyable <laughs> life yeah it's very simple it's like you're saying very simple as well and um you know again whether it's uh, doing artistic or music movement dance mm. there's so many things right which can very simply you know and then and then you can start to so you, most of the players I work with, you try and one of the big things is um, trying to build that into your routines or performance routines or using triggers or, you know, before the game or during um, morning routines. And because ultimately that is, you know, that's what that, that, that presence is, is the only way to, to, to sort of invite flow you know you can't force being in flow which is yeah. which is just a state of no mind really ultimately flow is a state of no mind right where there's this sort of more of a um intuitive intelligence it's not really you, which which flows through your mind you know the mind's no longer primary that it's that it's that being or presence that's primary and and that's where meditation the same thing you're sort of you know you, you understand that state of no mind and that's why it's for, for me there's such a close link and and it and it can link to so many practices and mental skills whether it's um like we said triggers or affirmations self-talk um breathing things simple things like that you can do anytime or 
again, visualization becomes a lot more powerful when you're when you're quiet because there's a lot more um, creativity and a lot more energy to to create with. So, yeah, it's um, so many possibilities. Here. It's kind of be interesting to see. I know that for me, I know that it's gonna keep growing and growing within certainly within sport. Probably it might not, but I can't see why I wouldn't. But the thing for me is, where's the time? You know, like I, like you don't really like it could be fifty years, ten years. Like you don't really. I'm not. You know what I mean? How long? Yeah. It's <laughs> it's, it's interesting though because I fully agree with you that it's only gonna, people are going to understand it more and more because if you talk to any player and you say to them, "When did you play your best rugby?" They'll always say, when I wasn't thinking too much, when I was just enjoying being out there and I was just playing freely. Every single player from the best in the world to a school kid will tell you that. And what that is, is exactly what you're saying. It's present of no mind. It's a, it's a flow state. You're not thinking, what's the play? What's this? What's that? What should I be doing here? What should I be? What's the call going to be? It's You're just doing. You're just in the moment. You're just playing. So people, players all understand that that's when they play at their best and all players want to play at their best and all coaches want their players to play at the best. But I coach and play now. And I know the coaches get tied up in throwing information at players, overloading them with information. And you see this a lot with, um, say a young out half or it's kind of a common one, but a young out half like 18, 19, 20 will be just like incredible, just like, wow. And then, they get co- it gets kind of coached out of them is the term because they get told do this do this do this do this do this do this and then all of a sudden their balls of anxiety going out into the field because they have a million things going through their yeah. head yeah. oh man yeah for sure mate yeah 100% um you know and you I've, I've um i've had that with a few younger players i've worked with um you know who and it's quite hard because, like like we're talking about, there's a whole momentum to not only that the world we live in, but certainly like sport and, and rugby, I think for sure, has a even more of a momentum to that whole, it's kind of this masculine and old school. Um, it's obviously changing, but that's the that's kind of how where it's come from, you know, and sort of, um, and then I, I think for a long time, like, the mind was the way to win. So the more complex you were, you're mm. probably going to win because, but now it's, it's kind of shifted. I think, whereas everyone's is kind of leveling out of the physical and, and just the, the mind with information and data. Now it's, now it's well, the way to really win is to come into and learn how to be more present in the, in, in the moment. And um, again, the all blacks, if you listen to some of the things they, they say the most when Steve Hansen was there was, um, you know, just to, just to um, play off instincts and don't be cluttered in your mind and play freely. And so you can see a lot of that language. They, they, um, and one, one of the debutants, which was quite interesting to hear, like, like well, what you're saying, what's normal is more about overloading and that whole, like that sh- stressful sort of energy that goes into it. One of the wingers making his debut a couple of years ago in the All Blacks said, everyone just told him to have fun and go yeah. be yourself, play your game, have fun. Such a different message, right? If you're wanting to, because 
I think people don't, you got to understand that when there's such a big, when you're making a big, certainly a big change or like going to the international level debuting, there's going to be that anxiety there, right? It's unknown. There's going to be kind of a natural anxiety. So as soon as you bring the mind into that, it's most likely not, it's most likely going to negatively affect performance. But as soon as you like trust that, you know, you know, you, and another thing that all blacks talk about is, you know, preparing well and, and trusting your week that they say it all the time, like kind of letting go on, on that game day. And that's the only real way to allow anxiety, anxiety to, to really become facilitative. Like, <clears throat> you know, unless you're, unless you're used to it or, you know, unless you're really aware. So yeah, it's fascinating the it's fascinating the um I mean I don't know what your opinion is, but when I look at this, it's like there's so much research now, right? There's so much like America does it great and um I think they're quite a bit ahead in um what they do in the NBA and baseball and with mindfulness and mental skills. I think they're quite ahead of where rugby is and there's research. There's all sorts of things. You know, you can look what Michael Jordan would say, LeBron James, all sorts of athletes. But there's still this huge, almost anchor holding. I don't know. I think, to be honest, I think it's fear of the unknown. It's like, mm. and what I've experienced a little bit is, not really experienced, but what I get a, a sense of is that because a lot of coaches aren't that comfortable with this stuff, they don't really, and they want that control to have someone come in who kind of knows a lot more about something they don't, they don't really know about. I think they find that challenging. You know, I think they're not very, that's the, that's the hunch I get about it too. A hundred percent and a hundred percent. And I think coaches are a big issue here because coaches create a lot of anxiety in their players by <laughs> big game today lads big game big game you know and it's like what do you do then you go oh geez i was kind of relaxed up until you started telling me how big a game this is there's fifty thousand out there well there's this many people on tv watching it today okay oh this is a knockout game okay wow it's not okay and the coaches start piling the pressure onto their players and and um another thing is i think you mentioned control coaches are afraid and this is probably the ego again is that the coach is afraid to give up any control they want to hold all the control and they're afraid to just let things be to just let the players be themselves and just play and just be free and just just go for things because they feel if they do that and it forever whatever reason doesn't work out oh i didn't tell them enough things and I think coaches are, are a big problem in it, in in this whole thing, Man. to be honest. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, mate, because I've, I've worked with probably, I don't know, 50, I, I don't know how many players, but enough players around the world in uh, like international, Europe, uh, all, all the competitions. And it's, it's usually quite a common theme is exactly what you're saying. It's uh, coaches um, don't have that, you know, and not all of them. I think some do, do more so than others, but the general theme is they don't have that awareness or they're not comfortable enough in, in who they are or their emotional intelligence to really even even do that, you know, and um, to, to be able to let go of it and trust trust the players a bit more and for them to make decisions a bit more and make the environment like that. And um, 
<clears throat> and like you said, there's this the energy is because of that, generally because of the coach, the energy has there's this underlying anxiety there. And 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 I, and, I, and I'm pretty aware of that working with a, a number of different players and teams. And so 100 percent for sure, I'd I'd say that's the case, no doubt. And um like oh, what was I gonna say? Uh, the, the solution it's hard to think of, you know, that's where I, where I come from in terms of the time to let the solution, like, how do you sort of, you need, you know what I mean? There's such a, such a different, mm. different energy, energy going on that it needs there's certainly a certain amount of time that to give you an, to, I think Scott Robertson in, in New Zealand is like the players are a lot, I think tend to reflect the coach, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and and I think that's why the Crusaders and um, you know, and 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 working with people that have been in the Crusaders, that's why they're able to, you know, reflect Scott Robertson a little bit. And I think he he's able to let go and trust a lot, and this can be a lot more can a lot of, have a lot of fun, but also hard work and high expectations. And I think that's why they've been so successful. To be honest, they they have a level of that, yeah. Yeah, it's just two things there. Yeah, Scott, for sure, the leader, the the they will people will mimic their leader. And a good one is, um, if you as a coach are anxious and and wound up all the time, your players will start to get a bit like that. Like if there's five minutes left in the game and you're anxious, you're shouting, you're stressed, your players will be stressed and anxious. Whereas if you're relaxed, your players will be relaxed. And and like I say, this isn't to say that he doesn't work hard. Like, you know, he he probably puts in the work, but for sure, the lead players follow the leader and they mimic that um that action absolutely what what would you say to the people the players you work with who might have a coach who is literally kind of what we're saying giving them anxiety around games yeah it's and and i and i and i do work with a few players to be honest um who and that's to be honest it's pretty hard mate to be honest because Mm. Like you said yourself earlier, right? When you when you're aware of people's energy a, a bit, when you when you're just a bit more still, or you know you're more aware through through practicing like that, or, or for whatever reason. Um, so you imagine a team, right? When it, when a team's in there, there's a group, or you're quite aware of of the group and, and anxiety, and you can see the maybe bigger egos or people that are just about themselves, or the coach doesn't. It's quite confront, confronting, you know. It's very, it's very, um, and 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 some of the players I work with, they're like that, you know. They're quite aware and can see, and, and um, you know, it's for for me working with them is there's just there's there's a level of um, you know, just that um, in terms of their individual self because is. You know how they how they can um, be just be aware of that and, and how they can understand and notice and understanding that you know there's a level of empathy to it. So when we talked earlier about yeah being aware of people egoically, it's not really mm. their fault, you know, whoever whoever it is. So that that's that's pretty huge. And then you know bringing it back to you know what you can control and you know your performance and process and that's not going to take that it might not change the energy field mm. but ultimately and, and it will affect your individual performance i've worked with players who because you're a team right and if there's not much access to flow 
and connection, then yeah, you can't probably perform at your best because you know you you can be limited by. It. And I've seen that a lot with players who move teams. You can go from an environment that is is kind of supports that their natural natural way of playing and being in flow to environments where you know they might be overcoached or put in their head anxiety. And they'll they'll say it to me, like, I can't play here, you know, I just I can barely play, I can barely perform. And it's like an understanding at least gives them the ability to you know, as as long as you can accept and surrender surrender, let go of that, you you're gonna at least be in a better place to perform, right? You might not be if you're in that team that are quite a flow environment, you might not be at that level, but ultimately you're always a function of the team's um energy field, right? Or culture. So um yeah, I've actually had all of those discussions. I would say, <clears throat> interesting. You've been unreal at your time. Thanks, Mel. Just uh, it's something you said there. So interesting. It's such a powerful tool as empathy, and uh, kind of the way I say it is feeling like if what it is is feeling sorry for people. So if someone comes at you with like someone comes at you like with that angry with that bad energy like have empathy towards them to like what's gone wrong in their day that they're meeting you like that or what's gone wrong in their life that they're like that and um having that empathy saves you a lot because you don't get angry you don't get angry and frustrated with things you just by choosing empathy by choosing to feel sorry for the people it's just so much easier for you and like you saying that situation with the coaches like instead of getting angry with the coach and getting frustrated just having empathy towards them because that coach is probably insecure probably feels that they have to do the, what they do so yeah by having that empathy at them um, it just yeah it helps so much throughout throughout our days when you when you understand it yeah and you know having worked with teams as well like it's pretty high pressure and you know there's a the commercial side to it there's you know, there's um, it's a business. There's there's all sorts of things going on. So, you know, I, I haven't been in a situation with that. You know, when you're when you're a coach, man, you're the one with you know, it's all on you, and you have got all these players and all this mm. pretty much comes on you. You know that like the 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 whole yeah. brand and, and revenue side. So, um, I yeah, it's 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 certainly it's certainly possible to be, you know to be aware, accept all that and be present with all of that. But it, w- it wouldn't be an easy thing, man. No, for sure. It'd be yeah. tough. Uh, one last question. Um, so I saw when you left school or whatever, you did a bachelor's in psychology. So you've obviously been interested in this kind of side of things for quite a while. Um, and then you speak a lot about your Maori culture as well. So when, when did you become interested in this kind of side of sport or maybe outside sport or this kind of thing? Yeah, I did. So I always kind of have been, yeah, in, in the mind and psychology. So, so yeah, I studied psychology, um, social, cognitive, and sport and exercise psychology. And then um, this this was a while ago. Now what are you talking? 15 years ago. Lose track of time. But um, I also studied strength and conditioning and the, the physical training and stuff. So to be honest, I think the, there's almost no – like in New Zealand, there might be a handful of jobs and, um, you know, sports, yeah. like mental skills, like that you can do. For, so I never really seen that as a, as a real, something that, um, you know, and then now, and now you need a, a lot of them, you, you need a master's. And so it's, it's a pretty complicated field. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah. So, so I went into the physical side, which is awesome. And I enjoyed that during the conditioning. And then, 
and then teaching. So we traveled a lot. And then um, I ended up getting back into it. It was more like we talked about, right? Like, so for me, I would say I never really grew up with a, with a, with any awareness really, you know, which, um, which most people don't, but I guess some people, depending on your, how you grow up, your parents, people more, more than others. So for me, it was, I was probably 25 and just through some, some personal challenges and a bit of some traumatic things growing up that I, that, that I, um, finding a way to deal with them kind of led me towards, like you said, like we were talking about, you kind of need to be forced into that or, mm. you know, people talk yeah. about cracking the ego because it's so, it's almost like a hypnotism, right? So, yeah. and then, and then from then for me, it was just sort of a, a journey into exactly what we're talking about, really, and uh, inquiry and YouTube mainly. And, um, and then, and then that, that allowed me to connect that with sport and exercise and then general psychology and, and then, and then kind of see, kind of see how they were, they were linked and how they were kind of a spiritual focus, which is, which is, own, which is just being aware of the moment for me, really, that that's all that is. And then, yeah. That, and then, and then that kind of led to um, becoming a bit of a passion and, and then creating content and then I ended up coaching and um, kind of where, where I'm at now, mate, to be honest, working online and, and coaching and still, still doing that whole space. And um, again, we talk about empathy like I think for most people, when when you look back, when when you see your like when your when your whole life you're probably fully conditioned to whatever you were conditioned to, it gives a lot of empathy, right? To like you said, if people are you know a certain way, or it's not always easy. There's, there might be a reaction that you have to not follow, type thing. If you know emotional energy is pretty strong, so you know it can, it's challenging to not react or follow that whether it's um anger or follow that but um it's a way it's a lot more possible and and then that understanding comes from that for sure so yeah yeah that's brilliant um yeah for sure it, it, we are kind of products of our environment we are the way we are because of experience we've had and and all those things so yeah so showing empathy towards that is important and um, tell people before you go where they can find your content's brilliant online, but um, all the different places you you are. Yeah, I'm mostly on uh, mostly Instagram is Ricky James Crib, and LinkedIn. I, LinkedIn. I got on yeah. LinkedIn, LinkedIn, and Instagram mostly. Yeah, most things are linked there anyway. I have I do have a course, but it's all linked through Instagram. So perfect. Cheers, Ricky. Thanks, Mill, for your time. Really enjoyed the chat. Cheers, mate. Likewise, thank you. As you can probably tell, I really enjoyed that chat. If you learned something new in the chat, please share this episode on social media to help others, help people become aware of these things. You really never know who might see it and be really thankful to you for directing them towards it. Also, please send it on to some friends and put it into your team's WhatsApp group or Facebook page. Before I go, I just want to let you know that when I was growing up, I was very cynical and judgmental, and I would have completely dismissed nearly everything that Ricky and I talked about today. I would absolutely have been tied up in my ego, like Ricky mentioned a bit. If you told me that meditation would help me become a better rugby player, I would have laughed at you and told you you're wrong. There's a good saying from a guy called Walt Whitman 
that is be curious not judgmental and it's something that I kind of took on a few years ago and has really helped me so it just means don't assume that you're right or that the way you're doing things are the right way or the best way to do it that's the egoic mind the ego has to always be right because as we chat about the ego's insecure and it's our insecurity that has to be right we're afraid of being wrong when I stopped being judgmental and started being curious life became a lot more enjoyable not always having to show that I'm right or be right and yeah just way more way easier the morning routine is so powerful as well I would really encourage you to try and develop one for yourself if you haven't already because by doing so you get control over your day and some control over your mental health you get to start the day on your terms if you've never meditated before like we chatted about and you're interested in trying to start a good way to start can be through guided meditation i started by using the waking up app and i know the calm app is also a good one it only takes 10 minutes each morning and everyone has 10 minutes you're fooling yourself if you think you don't just go to bed 10 minutes earlier or check the screen time on your phone and find 10 minutes there also a benefit of meditation is that you feel like you have far more time throughout the day because you're relaxed and you're present so i know as well i started about two and a half years ago meditating kind of sporadically and i do i've been doing it every day for i don't know maybe 18 months and before that i was one of those people who said i don't have the time i don't have the time because i was rushing everywhere all the time just always in a rush everywhere never had time for anything but but yeah just getting up a little bit earlier and a morning routine starts off small like you start off getting up 10 minutes earlier and relaxing drinking your coffee maybe or meditating for three minutes or you just start off playing around with things and I just found that as I got into it more and more and started meditating yeah you just have so much more time throughout your day you're just so relaxed and it's just way better than constantly being on the back foot and being in a rush all the time as I mentioned as well in the pod, I start my day with a cold shower. First thing when I get out of bed, before I brush my teeth, jump in the shower. I've talked about this before, but what cold water does is it shocks your system, makes you feel alert and alive. So instead of being groggy for the first half hour, hour, until you get your coffee in, or maybe even your second coffee, like I used to be, you're buzzing right away. Like you get up and you're just buzzing. Also, studies have shown that cold showers, cold water, activates the sympathetic nervous system which increases endorphins in the brain that make you feel good and i can certainly attest to this you feel great after it it is of course difficult at the start but yeah you can start by just going to cold at the end for five seconds go cold for 10 seconds build it up and just keep persevering it is worth it stretching meditation cold showers walks without your phone exercising doing yoga are all things that you can incorporate into a morning routine that will have a positive effect on your well-being, your mental health, and also your performance, be it at your job or as an athlete. But it's not easy. I really understand myself. It's not easy to change these habits because Ricky mentioned as well, we build up these habits over time and they get huge momentum behind them. It's so difficult to change a habit, but 
that can be a good thing and a bad thing because when you start implementing good habits it's just as difficult to change them so if you are interested in this and like starting i don't know any of these kind of things morning routine whatever whatever say you're going to do it for 30 days okay just say for the next 30 days i'm going to get up 20 minutes earlier and i am going to go for a walk without my phone for 10 minutes or whatever it is blah 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 meditate cold shower i'm going to do 10 seconds a day for the next 30 days give it 30 days just say to yourself for the next 30 days i'm doing xyz and go for it if you have any questions on anything we chatted about here in the pod or want me to kind of deeper dive into anything or chat more about anything or chat to people around similar things these kind of guests or whatever just send me a dm on instagram at off field rugby would love to hear your feedback would love to hear your thoughts if you're an ambitious player and are serious about improving and getting to your next level i have a patreon where i'll help you reach your goals and become the player that you know you can be you'll get extra podcasts which will help you become far more confident have more self-belief in yourself and your abilities and i chat about and help you with all things leadership mental skills and how to bounce back from tough situations and adversity because they're going to come. The link to the Patreon is here in the show notes and also in my Twitter and Instagram bios, which are at offfieldrugby. Please give me a follow there too. I share content based around the things I mentioned. If you enjoy the podcast but don't want any extra content, extra podcasts, like I just chatted about, but would like to show your support, There is a supporters tier on Patreon that you can join through the same links. A lot of podcasts you listen to now are run by big companies with teams behind them to do the scheduling, the research, the editing, and all the extra work that goes into making a podcast, like outside of just having a chat, all that extra work. But I'm just me, a guy with a laptop, a microphone, and a Zoom account trying to chat with interesting people to help you learn new things, help you become better versions of yourself and maybe bring a smile to your face throughout your day. So I would really, really greatly appreciate any support and the supporters tier is very, very cheap. You can click into the link and see it. If you've been listening to the pod, you'll know that literally all top players have a mental skills coach or a sports psychology coach, whatever name you put on it. In the Patreon, there's a mentorship tier which is for people who want to work one-on-one with me to achieve their goals and get them where they want to go. Lastly, if you're a coach and you would like to help your players become more confident, have more self-belief, work on the culture within the team or develop the leadership, please send me a DM on Instagram or my email, which is in the show notes. And the younger, the better when it comes to this. It's so powerful to help young players with the mental side of the game. You ask any player and they will all say, I wish I knew this when I was younger. I wish I knew this when I was younger. So yeah, if you're a coach, send me a DM. would love to chat. Any feedback, thoughts, questions, you can send me a DM on Instagram at Rugby. My Twitter and TikTok is the same handle and my LinkedIn is my name, Brian Moylet. Lastly, if you want to be an absolute legend, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, letting me know what you liked about the episode. I can see them coming in. Thank you very, very much to those people who do. And if you want, you can also take a screen grab of your phone, of the episode, and share it on your Instagram story or on Twitter. Thanks, Emil, for clicking in today. Greatly appreciate it. Have a good one. Cheers.